Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fiddler, and we are going to jump right into the second part of this three-part mini-series, technically four parts because there's a Q&A at the end, but we're going to talk about how I would start a flower farm with $1,000. So again, the context of all of this Yes, of course, there are so many other things that you need to do to get started. You need to figure out what your mode of selling is, if you need certain licenses for certain things, you know, getting your website, getting your platform, figuring out, I mean, maybe you need a website, maybe you don't, not everyone does. Reading your audience, your customer base, because again, if you're starting a flower farm, not just starting a garden, but a flower farm where you're going to try to have a business, your business is selling flowers, not growing flowers. So again, there are, of course, exceptions, and I'm sure there are a million things that you could raise your hand and say, no, what about this? Yeah, yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. So if you click the link in this episode notes, there is a Q&A webinar to sign up for. We only have spots for 250 people, which I know sounds like a lot, but on my journal one, when I was just asking for feedback, we maxed it out. People were like, I didn't get a link. I'm like, oh, sorry, we closed. So sign up soon, get on the list to be on that webinar, because then you'll get a recording of it afterwards emailed to you. But yeah, so sign up for that. If you have questions throughout any of these mini series, send them to podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. We're starting a master list of all of the questions, and then we will address them during the webinar. In part one, we talked about how I would start a flower farm with $100. And a lot of it, I talked about, you know, the very, very basic tools of what you're going to need. And we talked about a lot of flowers that are grown from seed because they're cheap, they're inexpensive, and flowers that are cut and come again that you're going to get more bang for your buck. So now you have $1,000. So you can you can get a little bit more creative. So in part one, you know, we talked about, you know, you would buy a couple dahlia tubers, all of those things. I would definitely do that. You can start buying more seeds. I would buy some things like snapdragons, some seeds that you can start from trays, status, flowers that are going to produce a lot. I would not, you know, right away, year one, do stock, for example. Yes, it's a really pretty flower, but guess what? It blooms when other stuff isn't blooming and it, you know, you, when you cut it, it's done. So keeping in mind, like if you are starting seed trays, you're going to need trays. You're going to need lights. You're going to need a mister, whether it's a hand spray bottle or an electric one, something like that. You're going to need the potting mix. But what's really nice is if you're going to start things from seed trays, you can get a pretty inexpensive setup. Now, caveat, spoiler alert for the $10,000 I would skip all of this altogether and just start buying plugs, but we're not there yet. If you only have $1,000 to start with, I also believe that there is value in, I mean, I don't want any of you guys to suffer. I don't want any of you guys to do it the hard way. I don't want to be like, well, I had to start from seed and I had to start from trays before I had plugs. I couldn't afford plugs right away. Like, I don't want to sound like someone that wants everyone else to do it the hard way. But I think there is value in appreciating 
you know, if you're like, oh, well, I only saved this much or I only, you know, how much am I really saving or it costs this much more and you focus on that dollar amount, say if you buy plugs, but if you've spent a couple seasons growing your own seeds from trays and then you buy plugs, now you understand the value of that time you're getting back and you've probably killed a few trays. You've probably lost 20, 30 bucks worth of seeds and you've probably lost weeks and weeks worth of time by killing some plants. So I think I think there is value in the trial and error. I don't believe that you know, just skipping to the easy way. That's why whenever I do like any of my coaching or my peddling perishable products, again, you guys get sick of me saying this. We talk about adaptive processes and ways of thinking instead of just technical fixes. Because if I sit here and say, buy plugs instead of trays or buy plugs instead of starting your own trays. If you look at that and you think like, well, the cost of soil, the cost of seeds, the cost of the setup. And once you buy that setup, it's a sunk cost. It's not like you have to buy it every time. Like that doesn't make sense and you won't understand the time commitment and how quickly you can completely ruin a tray if you do buy plugs right away. So spoiler alert, in the $10,000, I'm going to tell you to buy plugs, but in the $1,000, nope, you're going to, you're going to start out with, you're going to start out with some seed trays. The Dahlia tubers, I would spend a hundred bucks on Dahlias if I had a thousand dollars to start with, because again, you're going to do that five times over and you're really going to grow your stock because again, dahlia blooms are more of a premium flower. You can sell the tubers in the spring or in the fall. You really, you know, once you buy them, they're a really good return on your investment. Now, something that I haven't talked about in a previous episode that I would definitely do if you're able to start seed trays and have dahlia tubers that you can buy is I would take the time to pinch and propagate to double the amount of plants you have. So say you start snapdragons and at nine weeks, they're ready to be pinched because you have a couple sets of leaves. If you take some rooting powder, you can double your number of plants that you have. So you can take that piece that you pinch or, you know, the dahlia, you can take cuttings off of your dahlias and really duplicate or multiply the amount of plants that you have right away. So I would invest in some rooting powder and in learning how to propagate and pinch. I'm going to do a whole podcast episode on that, but um, that's something I would definitely do if I was just starting out and I was on a tight budget. And I will put in all of this episode notes, I will put links to like any products that I talk about. And again, it whether or not they're an affiliate link, I make like four cents for everything that if someone buys it by clicking on a link, honestly, for me, and I'm being 100% honest when I say this, I do not make enough money off of affiliate links for it to be worth my time to even search for the affiliate link within my phone because I can't do it from a desktop, blah, blah, blah. But it is a really good way of me to know like who actually listened to the podcast, how many people clicked on it, whether they bought it or not. It's just nice to know it's good data to have when you have a podcast of like what people are looking for. So yes, I'm legally supposed to say that there are affiliate links. No, I'm not getting rich off of you guys buying rooting powder. Anyway, like I said, everything else from episode one, plus think about if you're going to do snapdragons, for example, now you're going to need some netting. So you're going to invest in that stuff. You're going to need stakes. You're going to need different ways of trellising things. The dahlias, if you have that, for example, if you have some tomato cages sitting around, or if you're going to have to buy new ones, I would say, you know, the netting that I use is pretty cost effective. 
for the most part, I'm able to reuse it. Sometimes I just throw it away and I feel bad, but it just, it's hard to untangle and keep using it. You're going to have to find some way to figure out a weed suppressant. There's different opinions on it. And I am honestly continuing to evolve in how I care for my soil, how I learn about, you know, using cover crops, whatever. But for me, landscape fabric has worked really well. It seems to maintain and hold the moisture better. It looks nice. It cuts back on the weed. People don't want to come to a weed infested UPIC. And that's just the facts. And so for me, I would invest in some landscape fabric that can be reused over and over again. Or, you know, you're going to figure out some sort of like cardboard mulch situation. Or you're just going to have to buy some things like the stirrup hoe that I mentioned in episode one, you're going to want to invest in those types of things because you are going to be pulling a lot more weeds and spending a lot more time on your hands and knees. I would double the amount of gardening gloves uh, because you're going to lose them. I would get way more scissors, way more snips. I would buy, if you're going to have dahlias, I would definitely invest in a potato fork for the fall so that you can dig them up properly without breaking them off. Again, that's something that You're going to have to buy it eventually, but if you're starting out a flower farm with $100, like in episode one, it's probably not in the budget until maybe at the end of the season. And you probably don't need it quite until the end of the season, but keep in mind, if you have dahlias, you're going to need one of those. I would invest in some sort of irrigation plan to get your crops watered. The overhead sprinkler can work. It's kind of up to you how much you want to risk it, how much you want to spend your time moving hoses and not. I do think that drip irrigation is the way to go. I have a whole episode on why I think that that's best. I have a whole episode on why I would definitely buy a kit. I think that is much more cost effective in the beginning than trying to cowboy pieces together, run back and forth to Menards, wait a week because you ordered the wrong thing. I would definitely start with a kit. Now I don't buy kits anymore because I know exactly what parts and what pieces that I need, but I would figure out some way to figure out your irrigation. In the $10,000 episode, we're going to talk about, you know, getting a shallow sprinkler line put in. So you have hydrants exactly where you think you need them. But again, that is not in the $1,000 range. If you have $1,000, you're definitely going to need a wagon. You can buy a pretty cheap one off of Facebook Marketplace. You know, if you have a four-wheeler or an ATV or something already, that's awesome. Finding something with a pin in it. But just basically to have your buckets in it, you, you cannot kill your body and have all this wear and tear on yourself if, you know, you can't, this isn't going to be a longevity career if that's the case. I would definitely, like I said, buy more dahlias. I would still on this thousand dollar start, hold off on the stock, hold off on the lisianthus, hold off on anything that you don't get multiple plugs out of. You definitely can add some more variety down the road. You can, you know, have some more of that fun, but you're definitely going to want to focus on those flowers that give you more bang for your buck. Hey guys, taking a real quick break from this episode to talk about my signature course, Peddling Perishable Products. We had 15 flower farmers that took the course last fall and made a few changes, and we are kicking off the next cohort on March 1st. If you head to the episode links, you can find everything that you need to know about the course, but more importantly, you can also find a link to schedule a phone call with me. That's right. 
I give you guys a 15 minute phone call to tell me about your farm. And I will let you know if I think my course, Peddling Perishable Products, can help you. Or if I think that you should start with something a little more basic, like how to grow flowers. Um, It's pretty straightforward. I'm kind of an open book. I am capping it at 20 people. As of right now, it is February 3rd, and we already have seven people signed up. So get your spot early. It's going to close when it closes, and it starts March 1st. Thanks so much. In episode one, I kind of gave you permission to skip out if you only have a hundred bucks to get started. Like you don't need an LLC. You don't need insurance. You don't need farmer's market insurance, depending on the way you're going to sell. Now, if you're trying to get creative in where you're going to sell, you're definitely going to look into some of those factors. And again, of course, this is all saying that your time is worth nothing. You know, at the end of the market, you know, you're just you're just trying to sell flowers any way that you can. I still think to me, I don't use mason jars. I use paper cups because most of my customers, they know what they're getting. They've been here. I have very few new customers. I'm entering season five. My subscription holders, they know. I have a box of jars when they come into the subscription pickup room. And they just know that, you know, when they come pick up their flowers, they're going to be in a paper cup that can fit in their cup holder of their car. And I'll put links to the ones that I buy. I have not found them cheaper anywhere besides Amazon because of the free shipping. I have ordered from websterontstore.com or something like that. But then I still have to pay for shipping. So the cheapest place I have found them is Amazon. And it just, it's so convenient. I know they're there, but they're not eligible for prime delivery very often. I still get free shipping since I'm a prime member, but they will often take like seven to 10 days to get here. So I have learned the hard way that like I've ran out of the bigger cups before because I get the bigger 32 ounce ones or maybe they're, yeah, they're 32 ounce. And the top of it is the same size as the 20 ounce cup. So if you think like, oh, well, we'll do a smaller cup, those end up tipping over. So they're, they're worthless. If you have a smaller bouquet, it doesn't matter because now you have 10 stems in there and it looks like crap. If you have a thousand dollars to invest, I would also just take a look at your space. Start looking at where you grow your flowers, where you're storing them. You probably cannot afford a walk-in cooler. You probably can't afford, you know, you probably can get some sort of mini fridge or fridge, uh, probably not a mini fridge, that ain't gonna help, but some sort of like garage fridge to use as a cooler, but being really careful, like, you know, they don't always, they don't regulate the same way that like a walk-in cooler does or like a cool bot attachment that you can put on a window AC for like a a handmade makeshift cooler basically. But start looking at that. Start looking at where you store your flowers, the the time that you take. I was really, really excited in season four of my flower farm. And again, I, I share this all the time. Year one, I sold about 200 bouquets and donated another 200. Year two, I sold around a thousand bouquets Year three was somewhere around 3,500. Last year, year four was just shy of 5,000 bouquets. And this year I plan on no longer growing, but like just really serving the customers that I have well and selling 5,000 bouquets again, which that is a lot of bouquets. I'm not saying that I'm making 
$150,000 by any means, but my revenue, you know, but there's, there's a lot of expenses and definitely your expenses go up significantly when you're growing your business. But I've, I've been very proud of like my natural organic growth. I have never paid for an ad. I have never, you know, paid for a testimonial, like anything like that. It's, it's just a very organic natural growth, but I only have somewhere between 350 and 500 customers and they all, they all buy somewhere between, I would say about 350 of my customers buy probably 15 bouquets a year in the form of subscriptions, private events, private picks, nursing home sponsorships, whatever that might be, coming back and forth to repeated STEM bars, private STEM bars, corporate events, weddings, and then, which I guess I'm not including weddings in those bouquets. And that's kind of a different ballgame. But then, you know, there's probably somewhere around 150 customers that come just once or twice to a pick, once or twice to a STEM bar. But again, I do probably 70% of my flower sales are in the off season. So like right now it's January. I can honestly say I put more hours into this business, into the selling, into the marketing, whatever my plan, my strategy, my crop planning than I spend in the summertime. I have a fantastic team that helps me. I have quite a few different employees. Some are W-2, some are 1099 that have different tasks around the farm. I'm definitely not a one woman show, but I, you know, have learned to be more efficient and effective with my time. And so again, like looking at where are you making your bouquets? What is your setup process? You know, do you have to haul the buckets here and then your compost goes there and then it goes to another building or another like old shed? And where do you have access to water? And, you know, just start planning in the very beginning where you can have that all in one place. I realize not everyone has a ton of outbuildings like I do. I mean, and most of them are kind of old and shitty, if I'm being honest, but we've, we've fixed them up. We've worked on them. I mean, they're just old. They're like 70, 80 years old. Some of these like old garages that we've been able to makeshift into what we need. Like an old granary has turned into a really cute area for the STEM bar and a really cute, you know, hangout space for my customers. But just keep in mind of the tasks that you do every single day. How do you get better at doing those things? And the truth is we hate the things that we are not good at. I finally learned that, you know what, I'm going to have to do quarterly sales tax four times a year because in Minnesota, once you hit a certain revenue goal, you have to do it quarterly. You could do it annually, quarterly, or monthly. I am not monthly, thankfully. It'd be cool someday, but I I actually don't think so. I don't think that's ever my goal for my flower farm, for my Schedule F on my taxes. I have a lot of other irons in the fire, and I'm really content with where we're at with growth with the flower farm. Um, It's really manageable. But I think it used to take me forever, and I finally was like, okay, I need to find a better way at like doing Excel, of extracting this data of doing it like those things that I have to do four times a year if it's taking me 20 hours to find all of the places that it's at like nope so I finally invested the time and got QuickBooks and had an accountant like help me completely revamp everything and now literally my quarterly sales tax takes me 30 minutes like because it's all in one place and I pay more in credit card fees or whatever it might be point of sale fees throughout those four months or three months throughout the quarter, but that is a cost trade-off for not not wanting to poke my eyeballs out for three days straight every time I have to do sales tax and get things in order. Like it's not an emergency. 
it shouldn't be an emergency every single time I have to do sales tax. So get used to it. You know, honestly, maybe it's, maybe it's Instagram reels or social media events or whatever it might be that you're trying to like market. If you are spending so much time on doing it and you hate it and you get frustrated with it, I spent $50 on a course on how to make Instagram reels. That was the first, one of the first things that introduced me to what I do now with my coaching, realizing that, hey, you know what? It's not for everyone. Some people genuinely would rather spend 50 hours Googling and learning it on their own than paying 50 or $100 for a shortcut. That used to be me when I first started. And like I said, when you don't necessarily have that, you know, that's why I put it in the $1,000 episode is because, you know, you've got a little bit more money to play with. So just think about those things that you do every single day. That $50 that I spent on how to make Instagram reels quicker and faster, I have gotten back probably three to four hours of my life every single week since I paid that $50 two years ago. $50 to shave off 400 hours of work. Pretty good return on my investment. And so that's how I look at like investing in courses or coaching. And I know I'm not for everyone and that's absolutely fine. But I think that, you know, just looking at ways to be more efficient, be more effective. And so if you're realizing that your setup for making bouquets is completely inefficient, when we finally moved everything to the butcher shop, when we got like our garage doors, like we wheel our wagons into the garage doors. From there, that room is air conditioned. They can just sit in the wagons if we want to. We can set up the stem bars if we want to, as long as we don't open the doors, it's air conditioned in there. Or, you know, it's just a few steps away to put them in the cooler. If there's some of them that are going in the cooler, it's just a couple steps away to like, we made a U-shape area with like an awesome assembly line and stem chopper from when we make the bouquets. And on the other side of that wall, of the other side of that door is the room that we completely remodeled. We put a couple thousand dollars into adding a new doorway because there wasn't a door there. We made a separate entrance for the customers to come in to pick up their bouquets. Honestly, Lindsay and I, I mean, we are a well-oiled machine. We are so damn efficient in making bouquets. We can pick, process, and arrange and set out 50 bouquets in under three hours. And that used to take me 10 hours you know, because I'd pick some of them the night before and some the night of. But between the two of us, when we get going, we are so fast and so efficient. And we do that two or three times a week, those 50 bouquets for subscriptions, because we do, we're cranking out 250 bouquets a week of these exact same like formula bouquets. And you know what, if we can get better and quicker and shave off a couple hours into it, three hours is pushing it. That's the fastest we've ever done. More like four when we have to clean up. Like three hours is if we like abandon it and say, okay, let's take our kids to the lake. We're done for the day. Or if she's got a doctor appointment or I've got whatever, you know, three hours is pushing it, but it can be done and then come back to the cleanup later or whatever, sweep the floor, sanitize the buckets, whatever later. But all said and done about four hours. And so again, if I'm shaving off 10 hours of when I'm paying an employee, I'm throwing out a number for obvious or for easy math, but if I'm paying an employee 20 bucks an hour and it's 10 hours a week that I'm shaving off, that's $200 a week all summer long that I'm shaving off. So again, if you have a thousand bucks, start your flower farm, just look at those things that you're doing every day, 
try to just shave a little bit of time off of it. You know, just, you know, look around, think clearly, but yeah, if you haven't listened to episode one of this mini series, go back to last week's because everything that I say on there, like this episode builds off of it. Thanks so much for listening. Again, I would love to hear if you guys have questions or comments podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Make sure you get signed up for the Q&A. You can ask questions during the Q&A, but sometimes they tend to get a little bit hectic. And personally, I love to prepare. So if you guys can pre-send any of those questions or comments, that would be very much appreciated. Otherwise, we will see you virtually on Tuesday night, February 20th. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunny Mary Meadow dot com.